Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Shipwreck Show. My name is Shipwreck, and I will be your hostess with the mostest. And tonight we've got HW Faith and Fit or Holly. Is it Holly? Can I call you Holly? Yes, please do. Very cool. My name is Ship. Everybody calls me Ship. Um, hi, welcome to the show. It's good to see you. Thank you for being here. You guys, welcome to the show and a very happy Thursday to all of you. I don't remember what day it is. Thursday to all of you. We got Heather and Lily's Flowers is in the house and Purple Princess. We got Sonny Brown backstage and Angie Barnes. Hello, hello. Let's scroll all the way up. Elizabeth Brittlebottom, I saw you in here. Scott and Little Wolf, I saw you in here. Whoo, you guys, welcome to the show. It's good to see you. I'm so glad you're here. The Shipwreck Show is an opinion-based podcast only. We are not professionals. We are not doctors. We are not politicians. If you have any questions on the topics that we cover, we encourage you to do your own research and come up with your own conclusion. Uh, we should not be taking anything that we say as fact or fiction. Just it's we're just it's we're opinion based. I'm getting better at it. I this is kind of new with the disclaimer. Hello, hello. There's Scott. Hi, Scott. Holly, how the hell are you? I am freaking awesome. <laughs> Happy to just like make my day work to be here at this point. It's been a busy right. day. No, I'm glad. And I know we were talking backstage and you had gotten you'd gotten kind of sick of the last couple of days. We talked about you'd had the vid and, and the second time around you had the vid. You were feeling a little better. I'm glad you're feeling better and we're glad to have you for sure. Um, yay. Rasa, welcome to the live. So, ma'am, like I said, I, again, we were talking backstage. We uh, I do my due diligence. I look people up and somebody had recommended you to come on to the show. I had done a video asking my people who they wanted to see and somebody had tagged you in the video. And so I went and I went through your content and uh, I thought you'd be a really good fit here. And it's also something that I'm kind of passionate about with the fit and the food. And then you're a farmer and I thought you'd fit in really well. And <laughs> so this worked out. Yeah, it did. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about, like, talk to me a little bit about your content. When did you start doing what you do? How long have you done this? And so on. Um, so I did not, I actually was one of those people who was like, my husband had TikTok and I would make fun of him constantly about it. Um, and then something just struck a nerve with me on how much and I, I really think it was having a conversation with someone in a grocery store um, and how she honestly thought that the prices back in like, I think it was probably April, May. Mm -hmm. um, she thought that was the highest they were going to go and trying to explain to her that that wasn't the highest it was going to go and it was going to continue to get worse and just how misinformed she was. And I'm always telling my kids, like, if you believe passionately in something that you need to make sure that you, if you're able to let people know, and I wasn't living that same thing. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to do a TikTok video and it kind of went crazy. Um, and I literally just now am doing TikTok all the time um, just to inform people um, right. more than anything. What, so talk to me a little bit about the what, because uh, obviously things did go up. And, and they're going to keep going up. And, and we talked a little bit about this too. And now you're a farmer. And so you do the farming stuff and you see how this is going to impact our food prices. Mm -hmm. What do you see? Like, what do you think is going to happen? Like, is this going to get, are we going to starve? Like, are we all going to starve? Do we need to like get the flaky potatoes in a box? Like what's going to happen? <laughs> um, the potatoes in the box thing isn't a bad idea just for good, you know, making your own. But um, so I would like to say that I have a perfect answer to what's coming because here's part of the problem. Right now, they're doing a very good job of trying to spin this. Um, gas prices are going down, whatever the case may be. And they think that all of a sudden that all the food prices are going to start going down. That's not what's going to happen. Um, because in January, when we started seeing the big 133% increase, 16% increase on seed, um, you know, all of those increases, and we had to pay that out of pocket right from the beginning. So inflation hit our family farm um in january february and i did a TikTok then basically telling people like hey like you're not making hard decisions yet and i got beat all the heck um yeah. and i was okay with it like i was like okay this is a part of it i get it mm -hmm. um but knowing those prices and knowing then that those prices were going to be trickled down and then gas prices started going up and then even more than they already were. And I was like, this is going to be bad, guys. Like, you need to be ready. And I don't think that we are at, I think it's going to be when people having to start paying for heat and they have to start making decisions. Am I paying for heat? How much am I buying for food? It's not like they've increased. I'm not a big, like, I think that people need help until they're right. on their feet. Um, but I definitely don't think that food stamps and stuff like that are going to keep up. You have, you know, everyone wants to turn everything to electric. And here's the part of that, like, 
they don't realize in that process how much electric bills are going up and how much gas prices and natural gas prices and all of those things that people are now like, okay, do I heat my house or do I buy food? I don't know if we're going to so much run out of food. I think it's going to be, are you going to be able to afford the food? Right. And I think we've, we've actually said that for a long time because as we've gone through this and we talk a lot of politics and we talk mm -hmm. a lot of current events and news and we, we try to keep up with the trends of things. And one of those trends, too, we talked, you mentioned earlier about how they're giving people a false sense of security almost because gas prices are coming down. They're mm -hmm. slightly, okay, real slightly. Like we're talking, I think ours went down 30 whole cents. But they also then went in and changed the definition of recession. Yep. Um, and then came out and said, we're not headed to a recession when we most certainly, and, and, and as far as history can, can prove, we most certainly are. And yes. that, I, my biggest concern with that was that people are going to hear that and they're going to be like, oh, it's going to be fine. They're going to go out and they're going to start making these big purchases. They're not going to prepare. They're, you know, they're going to go start buying homes or whatever. And it's, we're going to bottom out. Like, um, I think they do that on purpose. Do you think they do that on purpose? I think that they give the false sense of security so people don't panic. Um, I think they give the false sense of security because they don't want them to, like, they don't want people to see what they're doing on the backside. Um, so one of the things that a lot of people don't understand, um, is they actually passed this thing where insurance companies and, and they didn't pass it. It didn't go through legislation. So what they right. did is, oh, legislation didn't go through. So we're going to make this work for, you know, basically it's like, we're going to go to the corporations that believe in what we believe in. And we're going to make it super hard, uh, for everyone who doesn't believe in what we do, um, to survive and make money to start a business, any of those things, the middle-class Americans were just going to squeeze them. And so they have no choice um, right. other than to listen. And so when they start doing those things and they start trying to force it down our throats that all of a sudden, like there's never, that we're not going to head into a recession because they want people to keep spending, um, put stuff on credit cards because it makes you feel rich at the moment. And then they're going to increase, um, you know, interest rates. Interest rate. And then all of a sudden now people are and they're not going to afford the houses during the housing boom that we just had. And it's just, it's going to be a mess. Um, I would like to think, you know, at this point they're doing a lot of this crap on purpose. So I can't really sit here and try and say that they're not, they're just trying to appease the people who will listen to what they say and not pay attention to what they're doing. It's just, that's a real dangerous game though. And I just want, I just finished watching a video. I shared it into my telegram. She talked about the housing market. She talked about that exact same thing, right? With mm -hmm. the interest rates and the credit cards. Yeah. This is the time. So for, she said from May to June, um, like, like up to the tunes of $2 million, people were dipping into the escrow of their home. So people were dipping into the, the percentage that they had uh, mm -hmm. available to them on their homes and taking out these loans, like through Rocket Mortgage and whatnot. And then getting charged these astronomical rates because those rates aren't usually fixed. And so then on the back end of it, you know, in, in another six months, they could they're going to slap on these outrageous interest rates. And this is you're going to have the same thing happen that happened in 2008 yeah. and everything's going to fall apart. People are going to lose their homes. And her biggest advice was to not was to really just kind of like clam, like, you know, knuckle down, yeah. clam up. Yep. And just wait it out as best you can. I absolutely agree. And that's pretty much what I'm trying to tell people is like, there's this, they're bringing a lot at us right now, right? Mm -hmm. So now it's the 2A stuff. And then they're just constantly doing what they're doing to keep diverting from what actual middle class Americans right now are, hey, can I afford food this week? Can I pay for my car? Can I pay for my house? And if you can, I keep my kids safe. Can I, you know, those are the things that middle-class Americans are worried about, but they don't want to talk about it. They divert away from those things because if we actually get down to the substance of those things, they are completely, they don't have an answer because they're actually making the problem. So when they make the problem, all of a sudden, okay, we make the problem. How can we make it feel like they made the problem and we are the solution? And, and they have never been the solution. Government has never been the solution at any point. It has always made things worse. They always they 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 always come out and they create the problem and then yep. they create the solution and then like just like the gas prices I, I've heard for six months that the gas prices are not the fault of the administration the president does not manage the gas prices the gas prices are the fault of Russia but now that the gas prices have gone down mm -hmm. he is taking credit for this and and it's astounding to me how many people um, they still don't see it and I do I think this is going to hit people so hard 
Mm -hmm. It is. And that's what, like what it came out that a family of four is on average every month spending almost $500 more. So based on what they came out with saying, okay, 81 cents on average or whatever, they brought prices down. They brought prices up. They didn't bring crap down, but they brought prices down. They got busted selling the China. So we hurry up and have to, you know, get the prices down. So we forget that because unfortunately American people have a very short window of remembering what the heck is going on. Um, so when, or they think they do. I think that well, it's because they that. like bombard us with everything yeah. though. Like we were on China and Ukraine this week and then we're going to, we got nuclear alarms going off in New York. Like, yeah, they do yeah. that on purpose. Yes, absolutely. A hundred percent. Yeah. What about you, Jerry? <laughs> they, well, I don't, I don't know. I like, I struggle with this mightily because on the one hand, we've been talking about this for a year and I know you've been doing your TikToks for a year and you had made another TikTok, um, earlier today, or maybe it was a couple of days ago where you were talking about, um, like we were talking about like what's coming and, and you had made a TikTok early on that said, look, and the, the one that you said you caught a bunch of hell for early on that said, look, this is going to get worse. And now it's worse. And now we've been talking about this for a year and it's really hard for me to, I feel for people, but at the same time, you know, at, at what point do, are people just going to accept what's coming and, and then start to prepare? Like you can only lead a horse to water. You can't make it drink. So I think, okay, so I, one of the people that I got a huge amount of slack from um, for that video actually came out and, you know, she said, they sent me a message, which they continue to follow me, which, mm -hmm. and I think I said in the video, like, I don't know if it was just to keep slamming me, which is one of their, you know, MOs, but at the same time, like they actually wrote me and said that I, I was right. They were wrong in the way they treated me in that particular instance. And I think people are unfortunately later than we would have liked. Mm -hmm. But I think some people are waking up and, you know, everyone just keeps saying like, you're just, you know, kicking it at a dead horse at this point. And I said, well, if even one, even one at this point, right? right. Like, if they wake up at some point and go, you know what, maybe I should pay attention to something else other than what they're feeding me, then you know what, we're, we're at least trying to make a difference. And I can't keep preaching and my kids make a difference, make a difference, and then not be trying to do the same thing. Right. Yeah. We definitely, you gotta be, and I think that's our end goal. I think everybody, like everybody here in the chat, you, you know, our, you know, myself too, this is kind of our thing is, is we want to prepare people for as much as we can. We want to bring out as much truth as we can. We want to talk about what we actually see what's going on. Um, but I want to kind of transfer this back now to like the censorship. Now, have you had any problems with censorship on TikTok? Like, have you had things taken down or accounts banned or? They what? have not taken any of my stuff down. Now, what I have noticed is after one of my videos about beef and telling people, when was that? I told people back in April or May to start buying beef. Um, if they could, if you could buy a half, a quarter, whatever, the, mm -hmm. you know, and um, because I kind of saw what was happening in Texas and knowing that, okay, they were having trouble feeding theirs. They, they were going to be in a drought um, mm -hmm. and that they were going to flood the market, which also means about probably here pretty soon. Um, those prices are already high. They're going to go higher. Uh, so I was trying to tell people and then support local in that process, because what happens is, is that middleman in between makes all the money. Like a farmer, I just saw a TikTok. They took in 22 head and they made $3,000. That doesn't even cover the loan for into the processing plant. Now the processing wow. plant is going to make their money. The right. middleman after them, nothing like they make their money and then the grocery store has to make their money. So, you know, that you're paying, let's say I went to a place and they were selling beef for like $9 a pound. And I'm like for ground beef. And I'm like, what the heck is happening? Like that does not, that's not what that costs. If you go to your farmer and yes, you're going to, but they, so they make it hard for you to buy beef from a farmer. So like if I wanted to sell our beef from my freezer, I am not allowed to do it. According so, to who though? Um, so our health department um, here, and then there's a lot on the USDA um, on what we're allowed to do. Um, so even though it's going to, an, you know, a USDA inspected processing plant, we cannot take it from there, bring it to our freezer and then sell it. And it's different per state. It's different actually per county as well. So you right. have to follow your health department. You have to follow. It. But I think they make it hard for farmers to do that because if you just want a steak, you can't go to your farmer. You have to go to big chain stores. And that's all done by design because absolutely they have to control everything. 
Absolutely. And that's where a lot of people don't understand. If you go directly to your farmer, one, it's going to be cheaper. You have to buy a bigger amount, though, which makes it seem more expensive, but it's not. But they do that because they know a lot of people don't have $300 sitting around that they can throw towards beef that they might use in six months. They do it on purpose because now you have to your ground beef. You go every single week and you just buy your ground beef. They just do it on purpose. They do. We buy. So we, we're in the habit of doing that. We usually buy a cow every year or we do a half and then another half. And we split that between because it is expensive. It's just like two thousand some dollars when we've done it. And that's when it was cheaper. Mm-hmm. But I, I did notice that I'm very sticky about my budget. And so I did notice that when we did that. Like my grocery budget cut almost a half. I don't think a pound of ground beef, but it wasn't nine dollars. But I think here now for a decent pound of ground beef, you're looking at six, maybe seven. And it is. It's a lot of money up front, but to have it in your freezer and and it all actually it is a lot cheaper to do it. Tassie Brunchow, we love your face. Thank you so much. Thank you for the super sticker. The thing We've is, been, there's yeah. a sense of security in it, right? There so now you have a sense of security knowing it's in there. Like us raising almost all of our own, our beef, our chicken, pork, um, all of those things, there is a sense of security in knowing I'm canning and getting all of that stuff for my family that before it just looked like work because it was a lot of work. Right, right. <laughs> but now there's a huge sense of relief and security in it. When you know how to do it, that was another thing. Like we had a lot of people that they don't know how to do this. Like they don't know how to can or they don't, you know, they don't have the space. Maybe they live in an apartment. They can't have a garden so they can't. But so it came down to maybe you don't know, you know, how to can or maybe you can't do this, but you should learn. Like then you have that knowledge, too. Right. So if anything does happen and push does come to shove, you have the knowledge to be able to go to your neighbor's house and and have them give you some vegetables. And you already know how to can it if you needed to do that knowledge. I think it was just as important as as being able to stock up. Mm -hmm. Um. I wanted to switch gears here a little bit too. I obviously I wanted to talk about the farming thing. That's hot on everybody's mind, the food and and everything being crazy expensive. Mm-hmm. But I do want to switch gears to more of the fitness side of your content. And when I brought you on, I mean that was kind of one of the things that I I wanted to talk about because I feel like that's important too and it's all connected in a very similar way because yes. the government does not want you healthy or, you know, they want you reliant on big pharma. They want you reliant and that was like, so you got, you have to go and buy your beef, but like, are the prices of ding-dongs going up? Ours are still a buck. Exactly. Like, I can't get hamburger, but I could buy six boxes of ding-dongs, which my kids I'm sure would love. Flipping tires. You flip tires? What? You're one of those? Like the big <laughs> tractor tires? I have done that, yes. I do not. Door. <laughs> I have done that. Yeah, I kind of dabble in uh, it's just lots of things. <laughs> if I had known that, I would have made this whole thing outside and had you give us a demonstration. How did I miss that video? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if there's, you know, what? there's probably videos of long time back of me doing that. I'm actually probably fitter now than I was when I was flipping tires, to be honest, because, you know, right. you grow as a trainer um, and you grow in your knowledge if you're doing it right. Um, so yeah, I would say I'm probably fitter now than I was when I was flipping tires, but yeah, I can, is there, a, is there a video of this? Uh, if there is, I don't know if there is, to be honest, if there is someone else found it, but I, I don't know where That's, it is. Yeah. Somebody find that. I got a whole list of like sleuths in here. Somebody go find that. Sonia, go find that. So like, I'm going to see this flipping <laughs> tires thing. Like when I was a little kid and I was, well, not even a little kid. I, when we played volleyball, I played volleyball in high school. That's what we did. Cause we live in Iowa and you know, we live in these public schools. They ain't got no money. So since so you go out and you flip these tires, right? That should work yeah. out. You I'm were like, at CrossFit yeah. before CrossFit was like, yeah, before it was cool. And like, before it was cool. Yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We were the epitome of CrossFit. Talk about them tires in the middle. Okay. So what about the medals in the back? Are those um, your medals? Are they weightlifting? No, 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 no. Actually, they are my daughter's. Um, So this used to be her bedroom and I kicked her out to make it my office. And now she moved and my kids had to move all around um, because I started needing an office for things like this, Mm -hmm. Um, which was not expected when I started TikTok. But it's a hey, I get my own space now. Um, So it works out. We just have to still move that Um, her. She is a softball player. So she and so my daughter does volleyball, softball and track. Um, so yeah, so she's in a lot. And then I have two boys as well. Yeah. Do they all, do they all play sports? Yeah. Right now for our fall season, we are in five different sports. Um, so, and they go to three different schools. So that makes mom life. I am mom taxi pretty much 
on top of everything else 24 seven. Um, so yeah, we are in football, volleyball, football, younger football, and then we are in travel baseball, travel softball. Yeah, we just would not do the travel crap. Like we, we thought about, we got, I got a middle kid that loves baseball and they had, they, they have the travel ball here, but I was like, he's only he's nine. I'm like, let's wait one more year. I said wait. next year. Absolutely. Wait, like we waited. I mean, my son is 11. This is his first travel ball. Um, I want to make sure he loved it. Right. I'm not. And we make my kids pay half. So, yeah, we don't just hand it to them. Um, So like my daughter grows sunflowers um, and then she sells them and then she keeps that money and then she puts it towards her softball or a new whatever she decides. Um, But I don't want to just hand them those things. If you're going to work hard for something, there has to be, you know, you have to work hard for something that you want, not just be handed it. So we don't, we don't do that. So they are, had to be old enough that they knew what they wanted to do to make money um, to be able to, you know, so what does your 11 year old do to make money? I'm curious, like, I'm curious because my, my middle kid's going to be 10 in next month. And he's all like, he wants to set up a lemonade stand. He wants to do a YouTube streamer. I mean, he is like my little entrepreneur, right? Now Um, it's about helping him make money in the the doing what you said, putting it towards something that makes sense and not. um, So my youngest is the one who is in um, baseball, just getting into it. And he actually wants to go. His goal in life right now is to go in the military. And then after he gets out of the military, start a lawn mowing business. The kid loves landscaping and mm-hmm. mowing. So that's what he's doing now. Um, so he'll go and we'll ask aunts, uncles, neighbors, whatever. And so that's what he's doing. Good for him. And yeah. he's a, he's 11, you said? Yes. Yeah. See? Yeah, they've been working on the farm since they don't know anything else. Like when my kids, that's one of the things that's different for my kids. It's like sports for them is their break. Unfortunately, right. now society has made sports now their work. Um, whereas sports is their break and then they come home to work, um, because we have a farm to run and we're a family and we work together to make our, our family dream happen so that ultimately ends up helping them reach their individual goals and dreams as well. That's like the most wholesome freaking thing I've heard maybe all week. Actually, I've spent way too much time on TikTok. TikTok has gotten real dark lately. Yeah. That's very dark. Can I ask what state are you in? Ohio. I'm in, oh, I'm, 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 I'm in Iowa. I almost My said, oh, son Iowa. wants to go to Iowa State, my oldest. Oh, he's going to be a cyclone? He, well, okay. So obviously they have an amazing agriculture program. My they kids do. are very like driven. So um, he wants to go into agronomics and he found them and he loves football. So now like they've collided and he's like, this is my goal. And I'm like, okay, let's, let's fight for it. And he's just a freshman. So he's got a lot more growing to do. He's got a lot more work to do with his footwork. And I go into all fitness trainer mom on that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, he's got a lot more work to do. But if he wants it bad enough, he'll get there. Yeah, he'll get there. They could probably use a kid like him. We're not big Iowa. We're not. Well, I like Iowa State. I'm not an Iowa Hawkeye fan. As long as he doesn't go. No, you're talking like Iowa State. Yeah, no. We're yeah, not. Cyclones for Cyclones. yeah, Cyclones. Yep, that's what he wants. Because I thought it was Iowa. I thought it was Hawkeyes too. And he's like, Oh no, 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 no. I'm like, no, no, okay. no, no. You go to Nebraska if that's the case. Like Nebraska, fantastic. They could. They desperately need to be football players. <laughs> desperately. Um. And so you've got so your three kids. That is that is. I'm gonna go back to this wholesome thing for just a damn minute now. Okay. That is, that is now do people, I suppose maybe not like, are you from a small community that this uh, is just kind of the way of life? No, no, no. I'm abnormal. Um, my are you abnormal? That was, well, that was my next question. Like do people, um, people, think, I don't think it's weird. But. People threaten their kids. They have to come to my house. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to send you over there to Holly's house. It's like literally someone just did it with their kid. They were walking out and the kid was throwing a holy fit. And I was hugging my daughter and my son was walking off the football field and he was helping clean up because we don't leave a mess if we didn't show up to a mess. So he was helping clean up um, from football and everyone's leaving their water bottles lay everywhere. And she was throwing a fit and she's like, you're going to go stay at Hallie's house. And she walked out. You're going (laughs) to shovel cow poop for two hours. Have fun. Do you guys have, you guys have chickens? We do. God. I want to see. I live in Cowtown. I don't live on a farm, and we moved to a little cow town. And in Cowtown, I can't have cows, but I can have chickens. Yeah, we have like I'm forty of them. I don't want forty. I want two. Forty. Yeah. <laughs> so we have different ones. So I have egg layers, and I have meat. 
So we got, oh, yeah. I got to, I have to have, I have my, I have to have my eggs. I got to have my protein from, you know, all the, did you, did you grow up doing this? Like did, was this your experience growing up? No. Did, or did you marry into this? No. Um, <laughs> we, we, we started our farm off of a 20 foot by 20 foot garden. Uh, my husband's oh. dad was a truck driver. His grandfather was a farmer, but it didn't get passed down to my, um, father-in-law. So he was at a job. He was absolutely miserable. And I asked him, you know, what do you want to do? Like, what do you want to do as a wife? Like I'm throwing my hands up. Like, I don't know what you mm -hmm. want to do. And he's like, I want to farm. And I'm like, okay, let me figure it out. And he's like, whatever, you can't figure that out. I'm like, okay. So I'm um, done. Let's figure this out. I love a challenge. So um, we did the, I looked up farming, small farming, found CSAs, which is community supported agriculture. You send out boxes. We started on a 20 foot by 20 foot garden. I said, let me find five people. It's like, you're not going to find five people. I found five people within a week. And literally we grew our CSA farm up to 65 people. Unfortunately, wow. one of the things that COVID took away from us was that um, just because of the restrictions in our state um, that we had, we had to stop our CSAs um, because there was no in-person stuff. And then we ran just a market, but then Instacart kind of took over and people are just getting so used to everything being delivered to them, yeah. um, which is another part of why like, I talk support local, support local because it's small things like my farm or my farmer's market um, that we actually closed for this year. But now people are calling like crazy, like, hey, well, we want to come out there. I'm like, well, where were you last year? You know, right. we'll talk about it next year. This year, I'm worried about making sure my family's fed and my local community. So we give out um, food after, you know, if if we have it. So that's right. what we've been doing. Uh, Katie wants to know if you have quail. Uh, do not have quail, actually. Have you ever had quail eggs? They're pretty good. I have not had quail eggs. That's a new one for me. Nope. Well, quail is supposed to be really good if you live in town because they're small and they're quiet. Pimping her kid out. Somebody just wrote a pimp my kid out. Do it. Oh, that's purple princess. Pimping her kid out. She's trying to send me her 18 year old. Um, Love it. So what is this? What is, what did you call it? You called it a, a what garden? Like, is that the garden where you like, you get all the people together and you all garden together? Is that what you meant? No. No. Okay, what is that? So, okay. So CSA is basically we would harvest whatever was coming out that week. We would harvest. They would come and we would put everybody's stuff in an individual box and they would show up for a set price every single week. It didn't matter what was oh. in it. So yeah. So what we, at the beginning of the hmm. season, obviously it's smaller. It's a lot more green, stuff like that. We're in Ohio, right? So you're right. not growing tomatoes in freaking April. But by the end of the time, I think we would start out by them leaving with about eight pounds of food. By the time they were leaving, um, you know, in September, it was anywhere between 30 to 35 pounds of food because we were doing sweet corn. We had melons, we had squash. Um, and then we would do one final week where it was like, okay, come and stock up for your basement. Um, so your spaghetti squash, butternut squash, stuff like that. And they would be able to have it all winter then. That is so cool. Yeah. I've, I don't know why I've never heard of that. I've never heard of that. Like where they just put it all in a box and you just go and you pay for the box. Yes. We have a lot of farmers markets, but we don't have any so yeah, I bet you'd be surprised. I bet you have them that way somewhere. I'm sure you do. They're I'm going to look. I'm going to look. I'm going to look on Facebook. I'm, I'd be kind of curious because we don't have, like we have a very small garden um, and really we're growing tomatoes and peppers and we had strawberries. Had. We had strawberries, but they didn't make it. We got tomatoes and peppers. We make a lot of salsa. I make a lot. I can a lot of salsa and jam. That's what we do. Okay. We, can't, we don't have a lot of room to grow a whole lot of the squashes or anything like that. Um. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna look at that. That's crazy. I want to. So I want to. I want to talk about the fitness portion of this. You're a trainer, is that what you said? Like you're. This is what you do. Like this is your job when you're not making the ticky tocks. Yeah. Yes, it is. How did you get yeah. started? Have you always been like that too? Like has that, like the fitness thing, always been kind of your thing? Um. So I was a heptathlete in college, um, okay. and I actually got really sick, and I almost died oh. in college. So they actually took sports. I wasn't allowed to do sports for a year. What happened? So I ended up getting, um, I ended up having like three different viruses at the same time and my body started shutting down. Um, so oh yeah. yeah. So um, when I had to leave and at that point, it was the only thing I'd ever known in my life. I didn't, I, I had never done anything else other than I'm going to college for sports, literally my entire life, um, which is why I'm so adamant that my kids know who they are outside of an athlete. Um, because it was a really hard fall from there. Okay. Um, and 
I met my husband actually when I came home. I was at home, um, met him, was supposed to go to a different college um, as a walk-on. I had met my year um, where they said I could go back and I just didn't go. Um, so <laughs> stayed here um, and then married him. And I actually had postpartum depression really bad with okay. my son, my first son, because um, it was another part of my life where I didn't have control um, of my body and what it was doing. And so about six months in, my mom was like, hey, go and do a work, go do something, go do a workout, something. Um, and I went and I just went for like a run. And right. I remember getting done with that run and going, feeling a little bit better, like less cloudy, less like I was fighting my own brain. And I'm like, okay, there's something here. So then I started diving into research and I was like, and then just really dove into the whole like fitness side of things and how it can mentally um, help anxiety, depression, what I was going through at the time. Um, and so then from there, it's just kind of turned into what, I mean, it's 10 years now in from that, right. um, from when I got my certification, because then I just kept having kids because um, I was like, oh, okay, this isn't bad. I got this. Right. Um, so <laughs> So um, I got my certification about 10 years ago and then um, COVID happened, got lost a little bit, trying to make sure my kids didn't feel any of the outside pain and pressure and missing school. Right. Um, got lost and was like, what the heck am I doing? I'm telling them to fight and fight for their dreams and I'm being a hypocrite. And so I really focused in on just, okay, being healthy because there is COVID. Okay. Why, you know, are people who are more obese struggling with COVID and just diving into those things. Um, and when I did look through the process, I ended up being asked to be an advisor um, with a company called First Form. Um, so I'm an advisor with them and I train, um, I have about 180 um, personal training clients in that app right now. Um, and then I have like an entire group community of over 600 that I give free education to, free workouts to, um, because there's a lot to be said for people who always are constantly like begging for money as they learn all this knowledge. And I feel like I gain more as they gain more. So the healthier they get, the more I gain because I'm really honestly in it to make sure that they can take control of their own lives. And that's where I think a lot of the misconnection is with just society. Like start taking control of your own life. Don't let them tell you what is healthy, what, right. where you should be, you know? Um, yeah. Purple princess. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Amazing. First form is amazing. It's um, in her, her link tree too is in the description. I see them posting your links and stuff too. Her link tree is in the description of this live. If you guys, I just, I was just there. Um, all of her stuff is there. Her TikTok and mm -hmm. all of her, her first form, first form stuff is all there. Yes. Um, go and check it out. I'm gonna check out the energy drinks. <laughs> they okay, those things are fire. Like are they? I need like are, like a pre-workout stuff. Like I take a pre-workout, but I don't yeah. like like they I just drink these energy drinks, they're not good for me. So yeah, so the these pre-workout, I mean the pre-workouts, first form pre-workout's amazing. Um, but the energy drinks, I was actually out to headquarters in July and they um had these and they weren't even out yet. They just released these. And literally like I was down in these things. Like <laughs> they are so good. <laughs> I would definitely live that entire weekend on straight first form energy drinks. I want to go back. So I want to go back to the, the beginning when we started talking about this, mm -hmm. when you talked about how with the postpartum depression and, and how the running and stuff kind of affect, you know, helped with your mental health. I don't know that enough people, I think when people start to get into the idea that they need to exercise and they need to get out and they need to do something, it's about um, two things. It's about weight loss or getting in shape. It's usually one of those two things. It's usually weight loss, right? That's why mm -hmm. people start working out. But I don't think enough people understand um, just how much, you know, exercise alone helps your mental state for days, like long after the workout is done yes. too. Because yeah. it can be a good, like I could do a good run and boy, I'll feel calm as clams for two or three days. But I can always tell when it's time to do it again, because then I start to get, you know, this whole thing. Right. So the thing with the endorphin release that a lot of people don't understand is there is so much to be said for the fact that we as an American society, I think a lot of the anxiety, depression, uh, feeling overwhelmed, the tightness in our chest, a lot of that is coming from the fact that Society has taught us that we have to be on the go all the time or, and that go is actually sitting at a desk, yeah. right? Yeah, we're so not like, going like, but like your mind is going, anywhere. but you're not going anywhere. 
Yes. So you're and not- unless you've experienced it, like you don't know how it feels. It's terrible. Yeah. Terrible. It is. So um, when I start working with someone, nine times out of 10, I would say the biggest thing that I talk to them about is they're not eating enough. Okay. And that their movement, a lot of people start out and they'll start working out and they're super sore, right? They'll start with CrossFit and they're just like, I'm going to go all in at CrossFit. And I, I don't dislike CrossFit. I, I don't care what the workout is. Most of them just go all out and they're super, super sore. Some of the most, like one of my people is down like 64 pounds. She walks. It's just getting the vitamin D and making sure she's getting her heart rate up over a hundred. You know, she gets her heart rate up based on her size and her age and stuff. We try to hit 100 to 110 and she just does it for 45 minutes. And that endorphin release, she's like, Holly, I don't need my anxiety meds in the morning. Like I don't need, like, it's just those things and getting yourself active and getting enough sleep. So that way your cortisol levels and your ghrelins and all of those things, all your hormones are in check. And there's a lot to be said for movement, keeping hormones in check because a lot of people like, Oh, I get my anxiety and depression around my period. Mm -hmm. If you're a girl, sorry, any men. Okay. But, um, you know, there's a lot to be said for, okay, but if you keep moving, you don't have those highs and lows such a bad, it's not good to have those highs and lows. Like we need to get our thyroids in check and we need to make sure our hormones are in check. So that way we don't have those highs and lows. You might have like a day where you're kind of like, eh, I'm tired, but right. you shouldn't, society has normalized the highs and lows and it shouldn't be like that. If you were walking, it doesn't have to be these insane workouts where you are like, throwing bars and throwing tires. I like throwing tires, but like throwing throwing tires, tires, you don't have to be always doing those things to help your mental status, to help your physical status, to help you get where you're trying to go. Nine times out of 10, it's you need to eat more food, (laughs) to be honest. That is crazy. I I don't think, and but again, this kind of goes back to like, we've been conditioned to, to do just that. You've been conditioned to to constantly be in like a state of fight or flight while you're sitting at a desk and while you're and you're not actually fight or flighting anything. And so everything is just sitting there buzzing constantly. And if you don't do anything to get it out, um, it does. It causes all kinds of problems. We talk a lot about like the inflammation. I'm going to go back to the food, right? Yeah. So you're big into food. So this whole process that you do and then I do, I want to touch on your one on ones, too. But with the food intake, like what do you usually recommend to people when it comes to food? Like, are you on like the low carb, high carb? Is it based on the person? Cece Mock, we love your face. Thank you. Um, it is absolutely based on the person. Okay. Um, every person is completely different. And a lot of people are like, oh, it's an app that I that she uses. And it, yeah, but here's the thing. I, none of my people are on the same. Like, I don't have any of them set up the same in mm-hmm. any way. I don't have their workouts set up the same. Their numbers are not set up the same. When we're talking about macros, I want them eating carbs. If you were eating under 40 grams of fat, we're going to talk about how that messes with your hormones. This whole take out parts of your diet is not sustainable. I am trying to educate people. And I tell people, like, if you were raising your kids correctly, you raise them to go out in society and not need you. Right. As hard as that is to say. The same thing for a trainer. And that's where the fitness industry is getting very, very messed up. So as a trainer, my job is to educate them in such a way that they don't need me anymore. If I am doing my job, you don't need me. Right. But that's where the fitness industry likes to keep people on these roller coasters, right? Oh, we're going to do low carb now. And now we're going to do only vegetables. And now we're going to like, nobody ever sees results. And if you do see results, it's like you're losing body fat and you're losing muscle. So then you lose 20 pounds. You lost, you know, probably if it's not done correctly with not enough calories, not enough protein, you lost 10 pounds of body fat. You lost 10 pounds of muscle. And now if you put that 20 pounds back on, cause you didn't actually learn anything in the process, you just crash dieted and it wasn't sustainable, that 20 pounds you put back on now looks worse than it did when you lost it because you lost muscle and you ain't putting that back on. I never thought about that. Like I never thought about like if you lose, you know, where that comes back in and what that, I never, I never yeah. thought about that. That's, That's crazy. why I'm trying to get people to learn it versus just a, a lot of people come to me and they think I'm going to hand them a meal plan, right? Right. And I can if we absolutely get to that point, but I don't like to because it's not educational. To tell you to only stick to chicken and rice, chicken and broccoli, tilapia in this, it's not sustainable. That's not a sustainable way of living. And it's actually not healthy, right? We need the red meats. We need those things. And if you're vegetarian or vegan, there's a way to do it. You have to eat a lot more stuff, but it is doable. 
um, it just makes it a little bit harder to hit your protein numbers because let's be honest, if you're not hitting protein numbers, then you're not going to be able to keep lean muscle and then your metabolism isn't going to go up. Right. And who doesn't want metabolism? Who wants metabolism to be down? Nobody. <laughs> Does your metabolism automatically go down when you get older? Like, I feel like I used to could eat all kinds of stuff and drink all the beers, right? And I would never gain a pound. And then I hit probably 30 and I was like, wow, I gained 40 pounds. Like, and I've not changed nothing. I changed stuff now, but dang, then it was like, so I think there's a lot to be said for um, people when they start to hit ages, they stop doing things to maintain okay. muscle, right? So the, le the least amount of muscle that you're going to have, most of your calories burn. Everyone thinks it's in that workout and that is mm -hmm. absolutely false. That's it's after the workout. It's like your muscles, they continue to burn the stuff afterwards, don't they? Um. So it's actually when you're in your non-exercise activity thermogenics. So it's actually called NEAT. Um, and 65% of your calories are going to be burnt in, in that period. So when you're sitting here and when you and I are talking, I, because I've added more lean muscle to my body than I had six months ago, I'm burning more calories right now doing the same thing. Okay. So because I have lean more, more lean muscle and that requires my body to use more energy, therefore I am expelling more calories. Um, therefore, you know, I'm, I'm not going to hold on to body fat. So when you can increase lean muscle for people, then when they're sitting at their desk, because that is their job, mm -hmm. I want them, let's say I'm using very small numbers. These are not the numbers. Please don't, I, you're, don't let the chat freak out. Right. Okay. Right. But, Let's say you burn 80 calories, okay, when you were sitting at your desk before. Now, if we increase your lean muscle and I can get you to start burning 110 calories, will you take that over a week of doing that for hours and hours? That's when we start losing weight. Talk to me about creating lean muscle. Like, what, what do you do to create lean muscle? So for me, um, it's kind of, I eat so much protein. Um, okay. So protein, protein, protein is absolutely crucial. Um, I make sure that my digestive system is absolutely in check, um, getting my fruits, my vegetables, because there's no point in taking in all this protein if my body isn't able to digest it correctly and then actually right. use it appropriately. Um, so those two things are interconnected and a lot of people disconnect those two as they're two separate things, they're absolutely not. Um, and then on top of that then, we make sure that I talk to them about obviously walking and the more right. that you walk, you know, your 10,000, 12,000 steps, you're going to add more muscle that way. Over time, depending upon where they're at, we add some um, resistance training at home. I do a ton of at-home workouts with people, um, but it doesn't have to be like 35, 40 pounds. Now, do I lift that because it's a certain place that I am looking for in my body? Yes. But people who just want to tone down, we just need to eight pounds. You know, I mean, five pounds, whatever, more than you were doing before is going to add more muscle. We just need to start ripping those muscle fibers apart so you can start gaining more muscle. Um, and when you're able to gain more muscle, then that's when we, we're on to something. When we can get your metabolism and I look at your inches as we're going through, I know exactly if I see a certain number going all the way down and another number not moving, I can be like, eh, nope, we're losing body fat and we're losing muscle. Right. If this is happening and this is happening, okay, now I know, all right, this is great. We're doing exactly, your metabolism starting to fire. Let's make sure that keeps happening. So, yeah. So I would have another question. So then what is your take on like the BMI scale? Uh, it's junk. Okay. Um, I'm overweight right now. I'm like, I run a lot and I mean, I don't eat like shit all the time, but they're like, you're, you're obese. I'm like, how the, like, I don't, I don't, I don't look yeah. obese. No, <laughs> I, I am considered yeah. obese on that scale What? Um, or overweight. I'm considered overweight on that scale. I'm not obese. I am overweight on that scale. Um, and I no. am like, I have a four pack and I am not like, but I can run like six miles right now. Like, and not, not lose my breath. Like, what do you mean? I'm open. What? Yeah. Where did that come from? And why are um, they still using it? Um, I think it's an out for insurance companies. I think it's a way for them to push. I think honestly, like, I think honestly, insurance companies still use it because it gives them an out for, okay, well you need this. I mean, I literally had, I literally had a conversation with a nurse and I was talking to her because I had a friend who was having trouble with cholesterol. So we talked to her about getting on full omega and making sure that she was on her omega threes because that's an anti-inflammatory and what, you know, what sourcing is she getting the omega-3s from? And we got in this long conversation while I was talking to the um, a nurse about it. And she goes, Holly, like, that's not going to work. Cholesterol doesn't come down that way. I'm like, 
wait, 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 why? Like, she's like, she'll end up being on meds. I looked at her straight in the face and I said, no, no, she's not. I won't let her. She's not. You know what? That girl is perfectly fine. She, <laughs> we got her cholesterol numbers down without being on those medications. But pharmaceuticals, okay, your BMI is high. So instead of educating on nutrition, we just push meds at them. When we use the BMI scale to tell people, well, you're obese based on this scale. And well, we're not going to give you this medicine because you're obese, or we're going to give you this medicine because you're obese, or whatever the case may be, you know, it's just, it's a faulty system all the way around. The whole thing is super faulty. Like the whole idea of like big pharma and I see it, you know, and I see it on TikTok too. Like every time somebody who, on, on both sides of things, I mean, it's not, obviously it's not healthy to be super duper heavy. Okay. But for them to go into the doctor and then the doctor's like, well, you know, you don't feel good because you're overweight, which probably is the case, but then gives them like pills just to continue and like diabetes. And before they do anything else, before they sit down and talk with you about anything else, like my anxiety, I never did have a doctor sit down and say, listen, you need to you need to do something like you need to get a workout regimen and you need to do something. Right. Try that before they didn't, they just gave me a bunch of pills right? and I took them <laughs> and I was like, so that's hey. some of my favorite wins. I love the wins. Don't get me wrong. Like I love the wins when somebody's down 50 pounds. I love the wins when they go out and jog for the first time. I love those wins. Mm -hmm. I love the wins when I can piss off big pharma yeah. Okay, where they send me a message and they're like, Holly, they took me off one of my pills. Hell yeah. Mm -hmm. Like I want to be the person who helps them before they ever need the doctor. Right. Like, right. and I can't give them medical advice in the sense that I can just sit here and be like, okay, full omega helps with the anti, you know, is an anti-inflammatory or you using honey. Honey is another great anti-inflammatory. Make sure it's from your, you know, local around you help with your allergies, help with your immune system. Why are we not having those conversations? Because if they keep you sick, they can't make you buy their product. I know. But how frustrating is that? And then they question why people are so, and this all started 20, I think this really, really started to hit hard in 2020 when the pandemic hit yeah. because they came out and, and was, and everything was different and people didn't believe them. And, and some people did. And now mm -hmm. we're into monkeypox, and now they're into like, you need six, seven, eight, nine jabs in order to protect, like nobody, yeah. nobody's buying. Like, yeah. And people really started to dive into the holistic health thing. And people really did starting take start to take control of their their physical health because the government mm -hmm. doesn't want they don't want you physically. They don't want you to be able to run or throw a tire. OK, they, they don't want that. Okay, I'm they don't want always, you. The tire thing, I swear. Like, that's it's just forever. Weird. You're going to come back on maybe the end yeah. of September and your and your thing is going to say the tire thrower. Your nickname here. You're here. For Perfect. It. I'm all about it. But they do that like they. And you, you said it exactly right. If you're not, they can't make money if you're off you if you're not sick. And so this is why there's so there's such a war on food and what they're putting in your food. And when you think it's healthy for you, and then now we're finding out, okay, maybe these diet bars weren't that healthiest for you. And they're they're talking about how like COVID could be in the ground now if you dig in your garden. Like this is just insane to me. Yeah. Um, the thing is, wanna, though, yeah. like you said earlier, if you're paying attention to what the, where the prices are going up. Right. Yes. So you're paying attention where the prices are going up. They're not going up on your little Debbie's. They're going up on your, you know, your vegetables, your fruit, your meats, your proteins, your wholesome proteins. So that's one of the thing in my Facebook groups that we really talk about is, okay, guys, how many steps away from the farm is it? Right. So if you start figuring out, OK, how many steps away from the farm? So if you have Greek yogurt, OK, and then they turn it into just Greek yogurt, it's not turned into Greek yogurt and now turned into an ice cream pop. OK, so like now we're three away. You know, is it ground beef? Great. It's ground beef. OK, well, now all of a sudden I don't want to make my own hamburger patties. Now we're taking it somewhere else to make them. Like how many steps away from the farm? If the closer you can keep it to the farm, the healthier you're going to be. And when you say it that way, a lot of people are like, I never thought of it that way. That is because I'm, I'm like in my brain, I'm going back. So I got to get groceries tomorrow. It's like we have, we have Cowtown. Cowtown has a La Fiesta food, but there's a butcher. There's a butcher in the back. And we have like a high V too. And Fairway does this too. And I think a lot of the beef that they take on and sell is local here. Okay. So That's awesome. Farm, and I'm then jealous. they butcher it. Yeah. And then they, they sell it because they sell it in these prepackaged. It's not like the Tyson or anything like that. There's no, it's just, John's beef. <laughs> Thanks, John. Thanks, John. Dang. You're awesome, John. <laughs> You're awesome, John. I'm going to enjoy this big fat burger. 
what's um I had other questions on the food stuff. Like food, the food, the whole idea, the whole my whole mindset on food has completely done a weight like a 180 in the last couple of years. And just about how the food that you put into your body, it does directly and and just as much as exercise or lack of exercise can affect your mental health, what you eat also can affect your mental health. And what you you diet like your digestion is all it's connected up here. And if you eat a big, heavy meal, you're going to feel heavy. And if you feel heavy, you're going to feel depressed. If you feel depressed, you're just going to eat again. And then you just yeah. cycle out. Do you like, do you kind of carry the same idea with that, the food and the mental health stuff? Or is it more of like a comfort thing with people? So they have mental health issues and then they eat, or is it what they eat and then they have mental health issues? So what I find most of the time is it is a, so I have a couple of people who are bipolar um, and a lot of them, I would say one of the biggest things for them is it's a comfort thing. Okay. Some of my depression people, um, it is a control thing. It's the only okay. thing they feel like they have control over. Um, so even though they really don't, it's a very weird um, correlation between those two. Um okay. And some of it is coming from just the fact that they are, um, how do I say it? They don't know what they're eating. Some of it's just lack of education, honestly. Right. They, they, I mean, the amount, I can't even tell you the last time I ate a salad. Like, I don't eat salads, like, ever. No. <laughs> like, and a lot of people, that's one of the things on there. Like, they eat that stuff. But on top of it, they don't understand when they're buying, like, the prepackaged stuff. Like, it is there's a ton of preservatives on it and then how that affects the chemical imbalances in your body. Um, and all of those things. And then a lot of people don't understand, like when you're eating and you get that bloated feeling at the end of the night, right. Or at the end of the day, like you're at the end of the day and you're like, why do I look four months pregnant? Like, what right. did I eat? What did I do? Um, and what they don't understand is they've taught themselves over such a long period of time not to eat. So they're way under eating. So then their body stops making certain things in their digestive system for them to be able to digest the food. And it's literally just sitting there and like fermenting it and rotting in their stomachs um, and having those conversations and telling them, OK, well, let's look at the how your digestive system affects, you know, mood. How does your digestive system 80 percent of your digestive or your immune system is in your digestive system? A lot of people don't know that. So I didn't know that. Yeah. 80 percent. Dang. of your digestive of your immune system is in your digestive system so okay. why wouldn't big pharma want us to eat crap right yeah. because now all of a sudden we're eating crap uh, we're messing with our digestive system and then now well we're sick all the time mm -hmm. all right so if you can start correlating that for people like pay attention when you ate really healthy that day like how was your mood and those are the conversations that it's just digging in deeper versus it just being a scale number. A lot of people think that what personal trainers do and bad personal trainers. Absolutely. Uh, and I'm not I, I'm not saying that to be mean. It's just they're not educated enough to know. Um, that's why I'm very insanely grateful for First Form because they continually educate. We have to go every single week and there is something to be educated on. And it isn't right. just, okay, you got your certification, you're done. No, let's teach you 80% of your immune systems in, you know, your gut. What isn't working to make it happen? And that is why that company and what they believe is so in sync with what I, and as a farmer, me, as mom, me, that's why I can sit there and be like, okay, I'm an advisor for them, right? Like I will absolutely just, you know, everyone's like, and I don't even question it because I know that they are continually educating us, which then we right. can continually educate them. Um, and that's a super big part of this whole thing. Um, so what are your thoughts on fasting? Uh, um, no, yeah, maybe I feel really like if I feel really shitty, mm -hmm. if I fast for a day, sometimes too, like I find that everything seems to kind of reset. And like, like when you talked about the digesting of the food and the food just sits there, I struggle with this a lot. Okay. There's certain things that I eat and then it'll just sit there. Like a lot of carbs. Like if I eat too many like starchy processed carbs, like processed bread, it just sits there and it rots and it's terrible. But if then if I fast for a day or two, um, it seems everything seems to reset itself and then I can go back to eating things in, I don't know, small quantities or whatever. So the thing that worries me most, like I do, I unintentionally fast 
I should yeah. say just my life is so busy. Like literally I start trainings at 4.30 in the morning usually. And I'm starting to run kids this week. I'm running kids at 7 a.m. to practices. So I unintentionally like am up for a good six to eight hours and then I'll eat because I genuinely, um, and everyone's different in this. Like I don't like my, for my first workout, I don't like to have a ton in my system to digest. Right. I just don't feel good when I'm working out that way. Um, but a lot can be said, you know, there's a lot of good research on the intermittent fasting and there's research also saying that it messes with your gut because you're teaching your body not to make digestive enzymes. Right. When you don't make your digestive enzymes and then all of a sudden, every time you eat high in carby, you don't have the digestive enzymes, basically like the little monsters in there eating everything down to teach it how to absorb and digest it correctly. So there, there, it's count. It depends, honestly. It depends on the person um, and what the ultimate goal is on what way we decide um, they need to go. If they, we talk about intermittent fasting, I go through the pros and cons, and I let them decide. At the end of the day, I can advise them, I can educate them, but it, if that's what direction they want to go, we'll go that direction. Right. If it works, great. If it doesn't work, we have other options. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. I know it works for a lot of people. I know it works for me. Yeah, sometimes like sometimes, but also like the carbies thing, like we talked about kind of the diet to use and the different things and mm -hmm. the low carb, you know, I can't have, I can't digest carbs to save and not, and not all carbs. Like I could bake my own bread mm -hmm. and then eat my own bed that I baked. Like I could eat the whole loaf and be fine. Well, but if I were to conservatives in your bread, probably. And that's kind of what we figured out because if I yeah. buy bread from the store, mm -hmm. then I eat that bread and then I do, I'm not fine. Like I, right. I don't feel good today. Yeah. I'm that um, way at certain restaurants. <laughs> are you like, what do you order? Like, what do you order when you go to the restaurant? Just out of curiosity. Like what is, what is an example of something you'd order? Give me a restaurant. <laughs> um, well, I don't know. You live in Ohio, right? Yeah. Wing place. Like you got a place that does wings. Yeah. yeah. We have Buffalo wild wings up here. I generally don't go there. I actually oh. can honestly say I've never been there. Um, I go to a local one again, yeah. supporting local. I go to a local one. Yeah. Um, so, um, Generally, I would get the wings with no sauce. I would have them put the sauce on the side. Um, okay. Wings are a little bit higher. Um, so then I would just, just they're higher in the fat end of things. Um, depending upon if I know I'm going there, I'll just make sure that I've saved my fats for that meal. And then just okay. go ahead and have wings. Does it come second nature to you to be able to do that now? Like to track kind of that yeah. numbers? Because it is a numbers game at the end of the day. And if you're really paying attention to your calories, your intake, your fats, your carbs, yeah. your Right. And yeah. I still track in like, so I actually in there also, like once I became an advisor, they make it very important that you also have a trainer. So my trainer has my number set in a certain way and he just changed them. And I, I, I love, hate him for it. But, mm -hmm. um, so my numbers just got changed. So, you know, I still track everything I'm eating, um, in there and he can see everything I'm eating and it's, it works out great. Um, so it's second nature because, that habit took a little while to get used to though. I'm right. not gonna lie. Like that habit was a little rough. Um, but yeah, it's pretty second nature to me at this point. I've been doing about a year and a half um yeah. of macros. So that's crazy. Well, ma'am, we are right at the top of our hour. And we usually keep these two about an hour, but at the end of the live, specifically with new people, I like to open up the floor to you. If you had the world's attention uh for the next minute, minute and a half, and you could say anything that you wanted to, what would you tell them? Um Stop letting other people dictate what your life is supposed to be. I think that, you know, I had an English teacher once tell me never to go to college because I was never going to become anything. And oh. I'm sitting with you guys today. Yeah. Right. And I Harsh. think that, yeah, she was rough. She hated me. Yeah. She even put on the top of there, Amy. Okay. Obviously, my name's not Amy. Okay. Like. <laughs> Yeah, she, like you can give me her name backstage. I'll send her the link to the show. Um, okay, actually, hey, my first psychology paper that I got an A on, I sent it to her. So we're good. I got her. Well, you way to take care of it. Good on you. <laughs> yeah. Shoot. Yeah, I sent it to her. I sent her my paper. She wrote that on, and then I sent her that. Um, so we're good. <laughs> God, does she ever write you back? No, they All never the write back. All the drama. But that's why I'm saying, like, never listen to anyone who wants to. Try and put you in a corner that you don't want to be in. If you want to start a farm, there's ways. Um, I, you know, I had a lady the other day and she was like, hey, you know, I started a, in her apartment building. They didn't have a lot of room like we were talking. They did a rooftop community garden because Aww. that's where they had room. And now them as an apartment building has their own, you know, and the fact that my TikTok has that reach is amazing. That's amazing. That's awesome. I love when people do that. 
Yeah. Well, ma'am, thank you so much, Holly, for thank you for coming on. We appreciate you thank guys. You thank you so much me. for being here. We love your faces. Today's Thursday, meaning tomorrow is Friday. So tomorrow morning, we're going to be live with Jen Snow in the morning show. And we are going to talk about anxious attachment style. You're going to love it. I'm going to love it. Maybe. Probably not. I don't know. We're going to talk about it, though, because it's important. And I didn't know anything about it until a couple weeks ago. That's and awesome. I think it hits a lot of people hard. So, Holly, thanks again for coming on. You guys, we love your faces. <laughs> Keep her moving. Take it easy. Tell your mom I says hi. And watch out for deer. Bye, guys. She left. <laughs> so oh, I guess she, yeah, she didn't know the drill, I guess. That's okay. I don't hate it when people do that sometimes though. Like just exactly, Justin yeah. does it all the time. And I I actually are hey. we still live? Hi guys. Hi, we're still live. It's good to see you. We love your faces. I hate no, this not. computer. There's Sonia. Are we not live? I don't think so. It's still spinning. No, mine's